0: welcome you to Providence Church. My name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. Our scripture for today is from Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to read you a short portion, the first six verses. At the end of it, there will be a way for you to respond by saying, thanks be to God. So hear this word. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I wanted to talk to you this morning about how sometimes a day can get away from you. Do you ever have that happen to you? Just a day just sort of gets away from you, and sometimes it gets away fast. This last uh, week, my wife, Rachel, was away all week at a, at a work conference, and um, I don't know why I put it in quotes, because it really was a work conference. Uh, for some reason, when I thought about it all week, I was like, Rachel, is that a work conference? Um, and so she was gone, which meant I had to, you know, uh, take care of our children, and each morning, there's all these things Rachel does that I don't normally do that I found out were, were harder than I thought. And one of those things, just getting the kids ready for school and getting their lunches. But uh, I did find out that uh, Phoebe and I can make amazing lunches. They don't always make sense, but they're great lunches. Like a lunch can just be Go-Gurt, Cheez-Its, and fruit snacks. Like that's a that's a lunch. Um, but also, um, we we scaled things down. Like we just put uh, instead of like a sandwich, we would just put meat in a Ziploc bag, you know, just like 20 pieces of pepperoni, just keep the people happy. Uh, anyways, I don't like Rachel's look right now, so I'm gonna focus on the rest of the crowd, and like we were leaving the first morning, and Phoebe's like, Dad, did you remember my snack? Like, I didn't even know they had a snack. They eat lunch at like 1045 a.m., you know, so you got to go back, get some more Cheez-Its, get the snack going, and I take, uh, I take her to Rutland Elementary. And I come back getting ready for the next one, which is my, my daughter who's in high school, Mary. And so we get her. She goes to the bus, but the bus stop is down the street. And we're coming up over the hill to the bus stop, and the bus is pulling away. We missed the bus. And it's like, ah, so we got we to gotta go. So I, I don't have my stuff for work. I don't have my snack. Uh, I am headed east to Wilson Central High School. And if you don't know where Wilson Central High School is, it's sort of um, – it's, it's nowhere. It's like in the middle of, there's nothing else. Around. Wilson Central High School is like its own, its own deal. And so uh, I, had, I had given four minutes for the bus stop in my schedule, and now I am on a 45-minute scenic drive to Wilson Central High School and back. My whole day is changed uh, from, from that moment. And for some reason, I just started feeling mad at people, just mad at people. And, like, I, got, I started getting mad at the Wilson County School Board from 25 years ago, who put the school, Wilson Central, uh, out there. And if some of you are here this morning, it's not personal. It's just like I was having a really uh, bad morning. And 7.30 a.m., and my whole day is off, those 45 minutes. So for the rest of the day, right, everything is affected because of that moment of seeing the bus driving away the end of my day ended at another school at Gladeville Middle School my other daughter was playing volleyball so I you know the end of my day I finally make it to the volleyball game and that particular day I'm also the scoreboard keeper uh, which is not a great stress reliever if you've had a long hard day and it was my first time and you sit in this little table across from the bleach all the parents on the bleachers and the other side is the scoreboard keeper and all the parents are like yelling at the scoreboard keeper you know I wanted to yell at them. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to be, yeah, I was mad at them as they were, they were mad at me. I, I, was, you know, I wanted to be like, you could have signed up to be the scoreboard keeper, right? I saw your name on the sign-up genius. I guess I'm the only one whose wife signed him up for the scoreboard keeper when she was away on a work conference, you know? and And by the way, my daughter's going to win because I'm... I'm pushing the buttons on the score. I was having a bad day. And then at the end of the, the game, I had, I realized I got another, I got to go pick up Mary from cheerleading practice. You know where she's at? Wilson Central High School. Here we go again. And so here we are. It's it's on into the night and we haven't had dinner and you know where you eat near Wilson Central High School, right? Nowhere. You just starve. It's a starving family. And all, all that to say, it's like, My day had no guardrails on it. You see what I'm saying? Like if one thing went off, I was going off the cliff. You might call that a boundary-less day, right? A boundary-less day. I didn't have any any boundary there. Uh, But some of us are living a boundary-less life, and that's not funny, is it? Like when your friend calls you for the fourth day in a row, because she's in crisis and she needs a 45-minute phone call, but you don't have a 45-minute phone call, but you answer the phone anyway. Or it's not funny when you're caring for your parent now in this season of life and you really don't know the line between what, you're, what you should do for them and what you shouldn't do for them. Or, or maybe you have a, a boss who has no boundaries and is piling on you all these things that are not in your job description you did not sign up for, but how do you tell your boss no? A boundary less life makes you feel crazy, right, tired, discouraged, and you start getting mad at people who you shouldn't be mad at. And so what I want to talk to you about for the next few weeks is that we actually have a God of boundaries, that God is a God of boundaries. I'm not saying that God is bound up or that God can do whatever God wants to do, but, but it's interesting that God gives us boundaries and seems to even operate in these boundaries. We're going to take one week from, <laughs> from the existence of God into account to look at this morning. It's the, the, the week that God had on God's to-do list, creating the heavens and the earth. All right? So I just want you to see that God had some responsibility. And, and what God did is God had boundaries on what would be done each day and what wouldn't be done each day. God didn't work through the night. Can you imagine? God didn't pull an all-nighter. God didn't crush it for three days and brag about how, how, much, how many hours God worked. God actually kept his day off on the week that he created the heavens and the earth. You know, we'll brag about it. I haven't had a day off in three weeks or whatever it is. God kept God's day off. So what I want you to see is God had responsibility and God had boundaries. There's this verse, it's right in the, in the middle of the creation story where it says, so God created humankind, that's us, in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. You may have heard that before, that you were created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. But we often don't look at what comes next, right, in the verse after this, there's more. It's right when we're told that we're made in the image of God that we are then given stuff to do, that we're given responsibility. Listen, it says God blessed them, And said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Did you hear it? God said, You're made like me, I bless you. And God blesses us with some stuff to do. And when you first hear it, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It actually sounds like God is asking us to do everything. It sounds like God is now putting us in charge of everything. Fill the earth, multiply, rule over the fish, rule over the animals. God goes on to give us the the plants as well. It sounds like God has put us in charge of everything, but that is not what God has done, no. Notice that God did not say keep the world spinning on its axis or take care of weather patterns or keep the oceans in their bounds. You're responsible, responsible for oxygen. God doesn't say make sure gravity keeps working. It turns out God has given us very specific boundary of, of responsibility for what we're supposed to do. So what does God say? Multiply, fill the earth, rule over the fish and birds, take care of the plants. And when you see God's perspective, you see that we were actually given a certain responsibility, not all responsibility. So the way that I might say that is, I was made in the image of God, I was not made God. There's a difference. I was made in the image of God, I was not made God. You can see, though, why we start acting like God if you hear that verse. It says, it's not gonna be the fish, it's gonna be you who rule over the earth. But made in the image of God does not mean made God. More so, I think, I was made in the image of God means I was given responsibility. Great responsibility. If you feel great responsibility today, I, I'm not here to talk you out of that. I am responsible for my three daughters. I get it, you know, great responsibility. I get it this uh, season of my life, God's let me be uh, one of the pastors of this church. I lose sleep over that some nights, right? Great responsibility you've been given. But we also see that I was made in the image of God means I was given boundaries. God imposed boundaries on God's self in creation. Seven days? Why not the snap of a finger, God? A day off? You need that? No, we do, right? These things build together. This, I was made in the image of God. I was given responsibility, but I was also given boundaries. These things build together to me for this statement. Responsibility with boundaries is knowing what my job is and knowing what my job isn't Sometimes my life feels like my first job description. So my first full-time job was at a church. I had interned there for a couple of years, but then I got this, this position, official position. I was given a job description, you know, single space, bullet point, had all the things I was supposed to do. But then at the end, I noticed in italics, it said this at the bottom of my first job description. It said, and other duties as assigned by the senior pastor. <laughs> you know what that means, right? Just forget about the bullet points. Whatever they say to do, you or I have got to do it. And my life feels like that job description sometimes. You know, miss the bus, here I go. Need a snack, I'll, I'll pack it. You need a ride, I'll pick you up. You're moving this weekend, let me get my back brace. You know, it's like I will take care of it. But actually in life, there are things that are your responsibility and things that are not. I'll repeat that. Actually in life, there are things that are your responsibility and things that are not. When you figure that out, when you know what your responsibility is, you can set a boundary. When you know what your responsibility is, you can set a boundary. My daughters actually are my responsibility. They are minors, they live in my house, they're my children, and so if we miss the bus, I'm driving. But that does not apply to everything and every person. A boundary shows me what is me and what is not me. A boundary says this is me, This is not me. I know I'm wearing this example out, but my daughter misses the bus, that's me. That's me. Working the scoreboard on a night when I have to get three girls three places, maybe that's not me. I wanna help out, I wanna be an involved parent, but maybe on that night, that's not me. And here's the deal, guys. It gets a lot harder than that. Because it could sound something like, my child is 35 years old, and they can't pay their car payment. Maybe that's not me. I'm not saying, I'm not just trying to speak that. I'm just trying to help us think through. You could say, I've picked up my coworker slack for seven months in a row on something that's on their job description. Maybe that's not me anymore. You begin to draw a boundary of this is me, that's not me. Uh, The principles that we're talking about this series are based on a book uh, called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. It's a best-selling book. Um, It's impacted many of our lives in a great way. As Mark mentioned, we're going to have an eight-week study on that book starting a week from Tuesday on Care Nights if you want to go deeper. We're praying for 300 people that would say, actually, I need some more work on this, and so we want to welcome you to come and be a part of that. He also told you about baggage claim, which is taking place next uh, Sunday afternoon. It'll be two-and-a-half-hour-led uh, session by Ralph Cook, who's one of the greatest uh, counselors in our community. And he's going to be talking to us about relationships, not just marriage, but relationships, and how there's probably some things you need to set down and some things that you need to pick up. So I just bring that up to say in the mornings, on Sunday mornings, we'll have limited time. What we're going to try to do is teach some biblical principles related to this. But if you want to go deeper, we're trying to give you opportunity to do that. This morning, what I want you to hear is you're responsible to others, not for others. And again, I'm not really talking about your children who are minors living in your home. These are a special responsibility, amen? But as we think about a lot of other people who are pulling on us, remember this principle. You are responsible to others, not for others, I believe this is a biblical principle, and that's why I'm teaching it to you uh, today. You're responsible to others, not for others. So we're going to look at two verses from Galatians 6 this morning, and I'm asking you just for these next few moments to listen closely, okay? It's kind of confusing. Listen closely. If you don't listen closely, you will, you will ask your husband to unload the dishwasher this afternoon, and he'll say, I'm not responsible for you, and that, not what I'm saying, you know, don't send me that text, Um I'm setting a boundary uh, on that. Okay, so listen closely. The first verse is Galatians 6, 2, and it says this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That sounds a a little bit like the opposite of what I've been talking about all morning. Carry each other's burdens. But what we see here is the Bible is teaching us what is actually our responsibility. Many of you come here and say, what's my responsibility as a well, this says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So it's telling us that when we carry each other's burdens, we are living into and fulfilling the law of Christ. The stuff we talk about here all the time. Go the extra mile, you know. God never gives up on us. Go, go to that person, you know. Uh, never, never give up on, on somebody that God is, is leading you to. But as we read through Galatians, a few verses later, we read this in verse 5 for each one should carry their own load. Now, hold on. That sounds like the opposite of what I just said. We just saw carry each other's burdens. Now, this says each one should carry their own load. So let's see them together, okay? The two verses together. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ, for each one should carry their own load. I think this is one of those places where it's important that we know what the original words were were in this, uh, in this verse written by Paul. This was written in Greek, and so you can see that I bolded, carry each other's burdens, carry each other's burdens, and for each one should carry their own load. The word burden in the Greek, this one that's translated burden, is a, is a word that means an excessive burden a heavy load something that is pushing you down something that you can't carry on your own it would signify like a crisis in someone's life or a tragedy that they have endured and this is saying that we are to carry each other's burden cloud in the book uh, dr cloud in the book boundaries he says a burden is like a boulder a boulder on your on, you know that's up here on your shoulder that you could not carry on your own that we're supposed to help carry the boulders of those around us but the word load in the second verse, for each one should carry their own load, is a different word in the Greek. It's the word that talks about just what we carry each day, a daily toil. It's actually the same word for cargo, like something that you would, that you would uh, carry from one place uh, to the next. And so this word is not talking about a boulder. It's more like your backpack, It actually could could mean like your daily attitudes and uh, behaviors, uh, uh, the way that you're feeling that day. And so this says that you're supposed to carry your own backpack. See what I'm saying? Help carry someone's boulder, carry your own backpack. Let me turn it around a little bit and see if this helps. If you have a boulder in your life right now, like this heavy burden, this thing you can't carry on your own, a crisis, a tragedy, if you have a boulder and don't let others help you, you have a boundary problem. But if you have a backpack and are asking someone else to carry that for you every day, you have a boundary problem. We fulfill the law of Christ when we help our sister or brother with his or her boulder. We get underneath it with her. It hurts. And we try to hold up and help them hold that boulder in their life. But our backs break when we start trying to carry everyone's backpack for them every day. So imagine I drop my daughter off at Rutland Elementary, and as she gets out of my car, everybody starts handing her their backpacks. And by the time she gets to the door, she's carrying 10 people's backpack. We're responsible to others, help them carry their burdens, but we aren't responsible for others. We don't carry their feelings, attitudes, and behaviors as if they are our own, except we do, right? <laughs> So if we do that all the time, we start taking on everyone's attitudes and feelings and behaviors as if they are our own. This is hard stuff, guys, which is why you're giving me the this is hard stuff look. I get that, okay? But I'm going to give a few more examples. Let's say your mom is, is chronically lonely. Well, you're responsible to your mom, and you help carry that with her but you're not responsible for her. That sounds mean at first, but what happens when you begin to take on someone else's backpack day after day is you burn out and you're no good for the things that God has actually called you to be responsible for. Or like your boss's irresponsibility. I'm not gonna make eye contact with any of the guys that work with me right now, but let's say your boss is irresponsible. (laughs) You are responsible to your boss. You may have to cover for him sometimes, but you aren't responsible for him. Now, don't go in tomorrow and say, I'm not responsible for you, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm hoping you feel is some freedom coming, some freedom coming in your life. Your friend has an unending crisis is not something you're responsible for. Your friend's unending crisis, you are not responsible for it. You love him, you carry that part with him, but you don't carry it for him. Nowhere are we commanded in the Bible to be in control of other people's lives. What the Bible talks a lot about is self-control. It actually says the closer in step we are with the Holy Spirit, the more we will see self-control coming out in our lives. But it doesn't say that a fruit of the Spirit is controlling other people. That's not your job. You were made in the image of God, but you weren't made God. So what I want to encourage you to do to this morning, just kind of our first step, is think about taking some walls down and setting some boundaries. Some of you, as I've been talking about this, are like, ooh, this sounds good. I wanna set some boundaries. I wanna get some people out of my life, right? Well, boundaries aren't walls. And in fact, if you wanna be good at setting boundaries, you'll have to be more vulnerable and open with people than you have before. Walls are easy to put up. Boundaries are harder, but they work better. So think about it like this. If you own a home or rent a home that has a yard, your, your yard has boundary markers, probably. There might be a tree or two sitting out on the corner. There's a road up front that 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 is is the boundary. You might have a fence around your backyard with a few gates. You might uh, have gotten into a little argument with a, a neighbor sometime and had a surveyor come out and put out one of those white stakes with the orange thing on the top, and you just leave it out there right where he mows so he can see it every time he comes. I've heard of that happening. But, but you probably... Don't have a wall around your house. I haven't seen much of that in Mount Juliet. Those boundary markers communicate to others, this is me, that's not me. The boundary markers are a way of kind of helping people agree upon when they're going to step on your yard or when they're going to come into your house. So think of boundaries as this way that you can communicate to others, this is me, that's not me, right? You set up some things that let people know, this is me, that's not me. The reason I feel confident in sharing this is because I have seen that we have a God who tears down walls, but also sets boundaries. God has boundaries for all kinds of things, how we treat our neighbors, how we handle our money, how we are to handle our words, how we handle our bodies sexually, how we come into God's presence. All throughout the Bible are these boundaries that help us keep the good in and the bad out. But we don't wall ourselves off from others. And we don't wall ourselves off from God. So for this morning, this is what I want you to think about, is maybe if this is you, I know I need to tear a wall down. Like you realize like in your life you've actually put up some walls to God and walls to people. And you could begin this morning to pray, I want to I get to a more vulnerable, healthy place where I'm setting boundaries, not just pushing people away. Or maybe you know, just as we've been talking, you know, I know I need to set a boundary. I need to set a boundary in my life. Even if that's saying today, I have no idea how to do that. I don't know if I can do it. And there's even a part of me that I'm not sure you're right, Jacob. That's okay. Like there's a part of this that feels that it might be kind of selfish. I also want to acknowledge that some of us need to admit we've been in unhealthy relationships for a long time, maybe even victims of abuse. And the whole boundary thing is getting so messed, has gotten so messed up, I'm not trying to pretend that you could figure that out in one Sunday morning. But who's ready to get on the journey toward health, toward life? to take responsibility for what you can take responsibility for and to not take responsibility for the things you're not responsible for. So I'll close with this. Here's the thing. Uh, What God did in creation in setting boundaries was not so we would be held back. It was so we could live. It's so we could breathe. Shame and fear and regret and anxiety, those things all came when we stepped outside of the boundaries. Shame and fear and regret were those things that, are, that were outside of what God was calling us to. But here's the thing about God. God kept being God. God kept coming after us. God kept meeting with us. God didn't put up a wall. And I've actually been on this boundary journey for some time, and if my life is any indication, it's really messy, it can be really fun, it can be beautiful, and you still mess up. There are days when I have to say to God, I took on too much today. I tried to be Lord of Tuesday, <laughs> I tried to be Lord of Tuesday, but it turns out that I am not Lord of Tuesday. Jesus is still Lord of Tuesday. And so what that means is I might find myself somewhere out on Highway 109, (laughs) wondering what I'm gonna eat. (laughs) And I come home, and much later than usual, grill hot dogs with my girls. And we realize that we're gonna be up past bedtime, which is a big boundary in our house, when mom is home, when mom's not home. So we're going to take a deep breath <laughs> and live and laugh. And then the next morning, we're going to get up and try to make the bus on time. I'm not, this isn't about shame. It's not about guilt. It's not about anxiety. It's not about fear. It's that knowing you have a God who comes into the garden, even after you've broken the boundary, meets you there, makes a way, calls you into a relationship for which there are guardrails, there are boundaries and you live in that place and it's, and it's beautiful and the, and the times you mess up, you get up the next morning you try to make the bus on time, okay? Amen, let's pray. Oh God, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you that there's so much grace here, so much grace within the boundary and even so much grace outside of the boundary. That You are full of grace. So help us to breathe in a life of no shame and no fear and no anxiety and, and get up tomorrow and live for you. We know that the only way we do that is through Jesus, that he's the way, he's the way that you made. And we come to the table now as a way of receiving Jesus in an intentional way that this bread might become for us the body of Christ and the cup, his blood shed for us. Help us to receive Jesus in communion this morning and let that be what changes us. Let that be what grows health and life inside of us. In his name we pray, amen.